How's everybody doing? <clears throat> I'm Jamie, and I am the lead pastor here at Christ Fellowship, and do a lot of the preaching. And um, and uh, I might just be just a hair hot there, Jonah. Um, if you would open your Bibles to First Peter chapter two, verse seven. I want to start off where I started last week. We're in a little short three-part series called Establishing Priorities. And uh, this is part two of that. Last week we talked about the personal priority. This week we're going to be talking about the family priority. So kind of see how that's expanding a little bit. Personal, family. Next week is going to be the daily priority. We're going to talk about time and money, work, stuff like that next week. So sounds interesting, doesn't it? I did have a funny thought this morning. I was thinking... You know, if this week was next week, and this was the first service, it would be super crowded because the Cowboys were playing at noon. <laughs> this week, we're going to get out on time, Lord willing. Wow, it's actually pretty early. So I'm, uh, but who cares about that stuff, right? <laughs> Y'all are all really spiritual, and you don't, you don't care about that stuff. One of our elders is actually on a Big Brother trip. Uh, he and his big brother is 10 years older than him, Jay, who's a great guy, lives out in Longview. They had a wild hair idea to go to Green Bay. So look for them. They'll be the two guys with cowboy hats on and coats. I'm sure they'll have coats on. Uh, that was random. Um, hey, we're finishing up. Uh, a lot of us, uh, we've had a few days of prayer and fasting as a church. We do this at the beginning of the year, and I hope that's been good for everybody. At whatever level you were able to participate in, it's always encouraging. It's just kind of, there's a, something focusing about being hungry and going, why am I doing this again? And saying, yes, Jesus, I want you. And um, just praying about some of the things we've been praying about, uh, developing a missional culture, Holy Spirit fullness, um, just a lot of great words that the Lord's given us about this this year, and uh, and we had a great prayer and worship time on uh, on on Friday night. Man, it was awesome. Had had uh, I don't know ninety hundred people in here just praying and worshiping, and and uh, it's good good to be with the Lord. Had some great prayers and extended worship. I I like those times, and I feel like it carries over when we come into Sundays like that. Okay, well. 1 Peter 2, verse 7. It's an interesting verse. Um, and the first time I ever heard about this verse in quite this way, it was through, I was reading a sermon by, uh, anybody ever heard of Charles Spurgeon? <laughs> this famous English guy from the 1800s and uh, had a big church over in London. And, uh, and, and he preached this, this powerful message on this half of this verse. And so I'm preaching three messages on half of, this, half of this verse, trying to hang in there with Brother Charles. It'll be fun to see him one day. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. He's talking about the chief cornerstone for the building of the temple of God. And he's talking about Jesus, is who he's talking about. And there's an identifying thing for us who are in Christ, who have put our hope and trust in Him. It's like, it's, it's not just, do you believe in Jesus? You know, it's, is Jesus your treasure? That's the, that's the key here. Is this stone, Jesus, precious to you? Is he, is he like the joy of your life? Is he the treasure that's above all other treasures? Is he, does he take primary allegiance over all other allegiances in your life? And uh, I think sometimes even in America, it's a great way to share the gospel because there's so many people that would give you know, just, you know, Jesus kind of in a general way, but when did Jesus become your treasure? That's, that's the heart, that's the gripping of your heart that, that really marks someone who's given their lives over to Jesus Christ. So, to you who believe, this stone is precious, really. And so we're unpacking that. Last week we talked about some yes uh, areas of life that God's yes is in Jesus Christ, and we want to be choosing yes things, making decisions that lead to life in Jesus Christ, saying yes to things that lead to life, and we want to say no to things that take us away from life in Jesus Christ. And the yes and no decisions that we make in our personal journey are like riverbanks that keep us in the flow of what God is doing in our lives. Does that make sense? Not complicated. Well... Living it out kind of is sometimes, you know. And so, 
So today we want to take that, that whole idea a step further and talk about family and talk about, you know, how do we take this to the next level? Because if you remember, most of the, most, uh, a lot of the New Testament letters end with some kind of exhortation that's practical. And it's like the household, the household code, code at the end of uh, uh, Ephesians or Colossians or encouragements to churches that meet in houses and meet with families at the end of all these different kinds of letters. Even in First Peter that we're reading from here, he talks to wives how to live, husbands how to live in the family context. So it's this huge idea in the New Testament, what you do with your immediate family is absolutely huge. Husbands, wives, dads, moms, parents, kids, all of that. And I don't even in saying that want to leave out singles who have roommates and are living life out. The point here is just as I start expanding from this innermost circle of myself and start living this thing out with proper yes and no decisions, how do we do that in a way that works and is life-giving? And so, um, even for singles, so that's going to be roommates or people you hang out with, you know. Um, and by the way, there's two really famous people in the New Testament that were single. It's really, it's okay, you know. And so I want to affirm singleness. And I'm just trying to, in a message about families, I'm, I'm trying to bring everybody in and affirm, affirm the singles. We have a lot of singles in our midst and it's important. So, the immediate family beyond self, roommates, people that live with you, that kind of thing. So, regardless of the context that we're in, taking Jesus to the next level, following Jesus, saying yes and no to the right things and no to the wrong things is important. And so I want to just quickly share a bit of our story. When we started trying to do this, we were young parents. Scroll the beginning of Star Wars right now. Long ago in a galaxy far, far away. When we, when we were trying to figure this thing out, so we, you know, uh, gosh, we have lots of new parents in here, people pregnant and going to have babies and all that kind of stuff, you know, and it's just so trippy. When you, when, 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 when uh, her mom left and my mom left and, and it was just, wow, there's three of us now. And I'm sitting there like, whoa, hey Kim, there's, there's this other person. There's this person. And she's with us now. It's weird. And, and so how are we going to do this thing? One of the things we were doing at the time was reading missionary biographies. And we learned by learning from people who had gone before us. You know, so we would read these, you know, Amy Carmichael and Elizabeth Elliot and Hudson Taylor and all these different people. And they had like one of the things they had that we we had never seen. I Kim certainly didn't have it. I didn't have it, even though my parents knew the Lord, um, you know, it was uh, family worship. I'd never we'd never really done it. Dad would see he's a song leader, so he'd run around singing all the time and try to look me in the eyes and this is the day this it was different so we did we did have singing but it wasn't like family worship kind of it was just look at that I'm not going to sing with you he would be laughing right now he's here but uh, yeah so um so we th- this idea of family worship and a family altar and Praying together, families praying, and fa- little kids getting a vision like Hudson Taylor here in China when he's a little kid, having a vision for doing something with his life that came out of the family coming together to pray and open the scriptures and, and worship a bit, you know. And so we and, and and what happened for us was as we started reading those things, we started realizing that kids could read the Bible, read the scriptures. One thing, read, and and. Uh, you know, they can worship. You know, and again, it's age appropriate for, you know, you just do different things. We played goofy games in the middle of the floor when they're little bitty, and then you get the picture Bibles, and you start reading Scripture eventually. They're, it's just a journey. Um, even one of the things we learned was that even kids can fast. Little, little guys. You know, and it's not, and you're like, man, that's just really mean. But we're training them to say no to something in order to say yes to God. You know, even from the youngest, what a blessing it was, right? 
<laughs> I think that's one reason, I'm looking back at my daughter right now, I think that's one of the reasons they were so drawn to sports, because we said, hey, if you're in a sport, you know, you got games or something, we're not going to make you fast, and there's, it's like basketball's happening at this time of year, they're like, I'm in basketball, basketball, I'm in. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but, and, and you know, I think too, another piece, not just learning from people that have gone before, but people that were walking alongside of us. So for us, uh, Jimmy and Laura Seibert, we'd become really good friends. He's the lead pastor down at Antioch in Waco and kind of heads up our movement here. And uh, we'd become good friends. Our kids were all exactly the same ages and stuff. And, and we were just experimenting in all of this journey together, helping Emily have quiet time. He's helping Abby have quiet time. What are they reading at night? You know, what we're doing at night, what we're doing in the mornings, bringing everybody together for a family time around the table after quiet times in the morning. Um, just all these different things. Kim and Laura having powwows about this stuff. Laura doing 20 questions with Kim about what we were doing that was working. And, and that's part of the way you learn. It's just part of the journey. And so out of all of that, what started happening was a goal, a vision started getting in my heart of what our kids could be like when they grew up. You know, dreaming about, you know, having those kinds of practices going on in our family and being in this kind of church life where people are, you know, following Jesus, where he's the king and he's the Lord. And then what would happen as they got older, you know, in this kind of environment? Just dreaming about that. And, uh, you know, just practically, what do you do? The practical pieces, you know, having a time, having some kind of a place where you're going to do things, having some kind of a, a format for what you're going to do when you get there. And then, not just, not just where and what, but what's it like? What's the quality of it, of it, you know? And you guys have heard me joke before, but I mean, Kim had to really help me because, you know, I would come down from the mountain out of my quiet time, robes flowing, hair blowing in the wind like Moses, carrying the, the, thine tablet here, and, and uh, you know, and I've got this big word or something, you know, they're just little kids, you know, and just, she goes, Jamie, it's got to be fun. He's got... There's got to be some joy in this. These little guys, are, they're going to get the wrong idea. It's going to be like religious or something. And so that was huge. What's it like? What's the quality? Is it a joy or is it a bummer? Is it religious or is it life-giving? You know? So, okay. And then, and then another piece that I just want to touch on, and we're going to move on here, but is what am I modeling? What are we modeling as parents when we're trying to get this out to our kids? So... Are we happy? Like, really? Are we in love? Really? Or is there something else? We're saying, hey, you guys be happy, be in love, follow Jesus, but we're not doing that. So, you know, it's, we've got to live that out together, you know, and um, that's just been, our, uh, been a huge piece. So what I want to say right here, too, is there's a temptation in a message, because we're about to just have a bunch of special guests up here. And it's not just going to be the Jamie talking time. And uh, so we're going to have some different guests. I didn't, tell, I didn't fill in the blank so that you would wonder who these special guests are. But, uh, you know, when we talk about this stuff, what happens a lot of times is if, if we're not careful to just receive the grace and the love and the peace and the life of Jesus, we'll go, I didn't do it right. Or I didn't do enough. When, or, you know... My, Mike and Pam and I have talked about this. We, we have these conversations, and as older people, we think, wow, I should have done that different. I wasn't, wow, what a radical kind of... And it's just, you guys, what we're about to do is a toolkit time. It's, it's, it's tools. It's experimental. Nobody does this perfect. You know, I, I don't. We haven't. No one in the room does it perfect. And so it's just, just be free to receive, it's just, we're just sharpening, we're talking, we're having conversation. And uh, so here's the main thing I'm trying to do in this message is that to, is God's calling us to encourage each other in the priority of treasuring Jesus with our very closest family relationships. So we need encouragement in that. What's it look like? I want to do a few real-life stories this morning. And so uh, there's gobs of people that could do this and I want to affirm everyone no one's being rejected and not being up here everyone could be up here gobs of people so I'm like extra grace this morning I'm the grace guy okay 
So without further ado, kind of like we did a big reference to, uh, to uh, The Price is Right last week, y'all remember? So without further ado, drum roll please. Let me give you the drum roll. Y'all give it up for Chris and Tiffany Guile. Come on up. Okay, so this is your mic, and uh, we're going to do this with a few different uh, families or couples here. But uh, just, just give us a little, how did you guys get started on this journey? Give us a little context for your world on this, and, and especially on the, like the younger guys, you know, just getting started. Okay, so I'll start. Um, so we have four kids, and two are in high school now, and, and two are in grade school. And at one point, they were all in grade school. And uh, we, I think, early on, um, just realizing that we had to make room for Jesus in our house. And so when you uh, start making room for Jesus, then you know, certain things have to stop and be pushed out, and other things have to be brought in. And, um, and so that was a, a lot of different practical things. Um, for a season, it was um, no kind of no movies in the house. It, it was kind of just as we could, as we had grace to do, we would try to say, um, these are the things that are important to us. And so quiet time and meeting with Jesus, we had to own that and, um, and then try to pull our kids into that routine. And uh, that was not fancy or um, uh, didn't look spiritual at all, but, um, but like, you know, getting them little kid Bibles and um, drawing pictures and asking them what they did and what, what's it about. And sometimes it had no connection to anything. <laughs> but, uh, but that routine was huge and, um, you know, making space for it. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, good. Um, was, uh, so when did that happen, just during the day? Uh, so it, the idea was it would happen in the morning. Okay. <laughs> Great. It always happened in the morning. Okay. But, uh, but, yeah, we just, I mean, you know. I think we, you know, we, we want to give the gift of a good habit to our kids. You know, we all want to do that. And um, we did not grow up with the habit of rising and meeting with the Lord. And so for us, that came in our 20s, and it was very difficult to start that habit and be consistent with it. And so we, we wanted to bless them with the gift of that early. Um, and, you know, we can't force anything to happen between them and the Lord, but we just want to create that space and give them just that early, hey, when we get up, you know, and what, what we're communicating there is we expect that God will meet with you if, you if you rise and meet with him. So we kept it really small. It was like, you know, I think our little bitties, our four-year-olds or so, it was like five minutes, maybe, you know, maybe ten. Maybe it didn't happen because they were cranky and they, you know, whatever. Um, but that was kind of where we started. Yeah. You guys are artists, too, and I remember seeing uh, Eden. Uh, where's Eden? Give me a, yeah, awkward. Sorry. I, <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> um, but just pictures. She would draw pictures and like, get a word, a picture, and thing like that. What changed between when they're little bitty and elementary school? What, d- d- describe that transition because you know, that's, that might be helpful. Okay. Um, so motivating them to get up in the morning changed. Um, so for... Certain people in our family, um, the prom- I'm not going to ma- mention names, but food is a very big motivator. And so um, what, what didn't work was uh, you can't eat until you have quiet time. And, but we were trying, and, but, but maybe like you can have some coffee and have your quiet time and put sweetener in it. And, no, um, just, you know, things that, are, uh, that all of us, you know, face. And so learning to get up and to enjoy it and to do it together. I talk, think about, was, yeah. talk about fun. Um, I, that was something I mentioned, but I just has that played a role in y'all's journey, the development, having fun with it, creativity, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I would say, um, I think for us, you know, it was like we put a lot of energy early on into developing that morning habit um, and trying to be consistent with that, trying to, you know, do it ourselves, remind our kids. But I think what I began to realize was outside of that morning habit, which was so important to us, um, was that I, I really wanted, um, I, just, I just sort of longed for more fullness in the whole atmosphere of our home, that, that it would be an everyday, all day, um, not quiet time, but just like a life 
a, a place where um, just the fullness of God was present. So for me, that, that, just, that came down to really simple things. Like he said, we're artists, we're creative type people, and so instead of looking at a blank wall in their bedroom, I would rather them have a little calendar that had a beautiful picture of some nature scene and talked about the glory of God. You know, I'd, Every morning, you know, I want to come out, light a candle, Jesus is the light of the world, have a whiteboard in our dining room and put a verse on there or whatever season we're in. You know, this is something that God's speaking in this mm. season, and we see it yeah. every day, you know. And so um, that was maybe a place where creativity came in, and that helped just feel like, you know, some of those feelings that you have when you're, like, in worship or at a conference or whatever, and I just wanted to access that grace and that creativity and life of God sort of all the time because it's available all the time, you know. Good. Yeah, I think... Uh, Family culture was huge for us, thinking about it in terms like that, uh, because you can try a lot of different things, and we've done a lot of different things in, in you know, short verse. Um, but, but the ongoing family culture that, uh, you know, we pray, we pray. Um, if somebody's sick, we pray for them, and um, if there's something going on, we, we all pray together about it, and uh, we read the scripture at the table, you know, and that doesn't always happen, but there are seasons where the kids would all take turns reading out of uh, a book that we're reading. Um, and then um, capitalizing on the seasons. So Christmas is huge. Easter is huge for us. We build it up. We, um, we have traditions. Um, you know, one of our traditions at uh, Christmas is, um, um, you know, we do a poster and we, we list off, we make it real fun. It's we go out to eat. This year we went out to eat. That was the, the fun after the, the work of writing down everything that we're thankful for for we go through the calendar and write all the things, all the people, all the gifts, all the wonderful things that we love that God did and, and it's a way to remember and be thankful and, and have it visual and the kids sometimes will decorate and you know, and it looks like a big poster we hang up. And then uh, we try to say, hey, what do we want this next year to be? And we'll, that night we'll bring all the mattresses in the living room and it's wall-to-wall mattresses. We'll light a fire and sleep in the living room. And, wow. you know, just fun. Fun. Crazy. What about, uh, is there, have you ever tried something that just was like, rant, rant, just didn't work? Or, you know. Never. I, I just, that's not been our experience. I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we have so many things that haven't worked that, like, I could be here all day talking about it. Um, for sure, preaching to our children, I don't know, they haven't really enjoyed that so much, I'm not sure. It hasn't been so fun. Um, coming out, you know, we're going to have family time now, so, you know, strap yourselves in because we're going to do exegesis on this passage. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I think, it, honestly, for us, like, any time that something is too long, it just doesn't work. Mm, like, yeah. And we have to really have a, a pacing of, um, you know, kind of like what Kim, you know, encouraged you with, but just like fun, focus, fun, focus, kind of like life. Like we just can't, we can't do focus serious all the time, but it's really important, you know? And so we, you know, usually for us, I mean, I don't know, we're, I guess we're just big eaters. Like everything, everything with food is better. So it's like, you know, Jesus and then nachos, Jesus and cinnamon rolls, you know, I don't know. Glory. (laughs) That's glory. (laughs) So... So, yeah, I think, you know, as a dad, and maybe some of the dads can relate, you know, I have all this passion. I want my kids to get the gospel, and, um, and so preaching was not um, one that they enjoyed. But, but I wanted them to realize their sinfulness so they could repent and fully embrace the knowledge of, you know, that, yes. Just, yes. that did not work. So. <laughs> okay, last question for the, for the guys. Um, does it get easier? Just one quick thought. Does it get, you know, just as they get older, is it easier? Or I mean, I guess it could be both ways. But I would say um, yes and no. Um, I think because they change. I mean, you're always adjusting and you're always looking for how do we re-look at this deal, and uh, and so that part is always challenging for us. You know, we have to grapple with how do we do this at this season. Um, I, I think, but, but we change, and I think you get more flexible, and so in, in that sense, it's easier because we've learned to say, and I think this is one of the things uh, with the family culture is, um, you know, we're looking for where God's working with our kids, mm-hmm. and so, um, you cool. know, instead of trying to bring some big thing that they need to get, it's, it's more like, here we are together, what's going on? And, um, 
or we know something's going on, let's let's talk about that. That's and, really good. Um, and then pray, and you know, and we don't get it all in one sitting. But it's the ongoing family culture of that we're. This is this is who we are. We're in relationship. We make mistakes. We come back and and we adjust and we all grow. And they see us grow. We see them grow, and uh, and that's healthy. Great word, Tiffany. You y'all give it up for Chris and Tiffany Guile. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. Without further ado, Paul and Kristen Coulter, come on down. Okay, Paul and Kristen Coulter, this is your life. Oh no. Here we go. So, uh, just uh, same kind of basic question: How did you guys get started trying to follow, you know, and help Joel and be a family that was following Jesus? How, how, what was your kind of the beginning part of that journey? Well, uh, first off, I just think it would be I would be remiss in talking about family uh, priorities if I didn't honor my in-laws who are with us today. They've been married. 56 years awesome. and Woo-hoo. counting. And my parents have been married uh, go, uh, almost 50 years, and so we have wow. a lot of uh, a lot of what they have sown in uh, is is bearing fruit uh, in our in our life. Yeah. And uh, but I, I would say uh, that we both grew up in the in the church and uh, wanted to follow God. It was about 16 or 17 years ago. We've been married 22 years. That we heard uh, a message about um, uh, about the greatest commandment that we've all heard, uh, and many of us know about loving God and loving others. And but it was it was broken down for us as um, uh, that that word the greatest was protos, which is the root word for priority. And so uh, we really. Um, took that to heart uh, about making loving God a priority in our lives. And so it became something that we, we at, that, at that time, although it took some time to really work out in our lives, we, we made uh, loving God a priority. And so we, we began to order our lives around, around meeting with Jesus every day and making, mm-hmm. making him uh, the center point of everything that, that we would do. Yeah, and a lot of that became, uh, you know, watching each other's back, uh, making sure that not just, hey, I'm going to make sure that I have time with the Lord, but I, I want to make sure she has time. And it became more complicated when Joel uh, was born, just sure. figuring out, you know, hey, he's hungry right now. I can't, you know, so you go have time with the Lord, and I'll feed the uh, feed the baby, and, uh, you know, vice versa. So it just... In different seasons, finding that different rhythm, but always making that a priority. Yeah, Kristen, anything to add on that? <laughs> she could preach this whole message right here. Yes, she could. I mean, she's got it. She's got this word, man, big time. So uh, thankful for that in you. I really am. I see it. It's real. And uh, so, what are you guys excited right now in this season about? With in this season with Joel, what's you know now your parents? He's kind of. He's uh, kind of gone through a few different phases and now kind of getting into that uh, early teenage. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and, and just talking about my parents, I mean, the Word of God, is, you know, I grew up with the Word of God being read at the breakfast table every morning. And so the Bible is just really, like, important. And um, so we always imagined, okay, we're going to raise you know, he's going to be, we want him to be a man of the word. Um, and mo- a lot of you know that um, before he was two years old, he was diagnosed with autism. And we were told that he would probably never read. He would never have affection for us, show love or anything. And, and we were like, man. But you know what? I just want to declare the goodness of God in the congregation today because... He's on his throne, and that you know what he he still has autism, but the, he's reading and he's reading the Word of God every night, and he calls us in there, and he he says it's time for Bible reading, and Yancey gave him this Bible, and he reads it every night, Yancey, mm-hmm. and um, awesome. he he and we love to hear him, and he's answering, I mean he's asking so many questions, 
and so many deep questions. And Paul asked him over Christmas because one of the things he was reading was a Christmas story. And he asked him, he said, um, he said, Joel, are you ready to follow Jesus? And he said, yes. And we believe that just with the light that he has right now, just in the, you know, what God's given him, that we believe that he, he did. He prayed to receive Christ. And we believe, I mean, he's very enthusiastic about it. Amen. So we're <laughs> praising it. God. Amen. Yeah. Amen, amen. <laughs> awesome. Good. Rich, Rich, um, you know, uh, one of the reasons I wanted to ask you guys up here, you guys, and everybody may not notice this about these guys, but you guys are so visibly in love, and I love it. And um, I asked them, and I told them that, and they looked at each other. You know? <laughs> but what? just say a word about the importance of married love being modeled in raising kids up. Um, you know... Showing our love for one another um, is uh, it's so critical to uh, modeling for our children today in a culture that has so many distorted messages about what marriage uh, is and can be and should be or, or even the options available. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, you know, God created marriage as a tool in, in, in one sense, as a tool to show us what he's like. And, and I, I believe all that he's created is uh, designed to show us what he's like. And so, uh, you know, we're instructed to, uh, you know, as, as husbands, to love our wives like Christ loves the church. You know, so as, as we are demonstrating our love for one another, uh, we are demonstrating for our families, and, and that could even extend to, you know, our extended families, our nieces and nephews, and our uh, the, the kids and, and the youth, and, and just uh, anybody that observes us, we are uh, demonstrating what Christ is like. That's that's the vision. That's the goal. And yeah, we we, we fall far short many many times, but that is the vision for what we are doing. Awesome. And so our love for one another is uh, is something that we cultivate. It doesn't just happen. We don't just decide to do it. Uh, you know, we, we've, uh, I, I would say we're, you know, we've been married 22 years, uh, dated and engaged for three and a half years before that. So 25 plus years together, and it's better now than it was a year ago and 10 years ago, and et cetera. Amen. And, and we're, it's this ever-increasing uh, love for one another that we are cultivating, okay. and we cultivate it by spending time together and making, uh, making that a priority creating margin, protecting margin uh, in our lives so that we are connected and so that we're staying, uh, uh, you know, loving one another is a high priority for us. Yeah. Anything to add? Yeah, Y'all give it up for Paul and Kristen. <laughs> wow. Okay, it's rich. It's good. Okay, so... Uh, Jonathan, Maddie, Lee, y'all come on up. Y'all give it up for Jonathan, Maddie. Amen. Okay. So I want to start off with the same kind of question. How did you guys get started in uh, family discipleship? Just what, what was your on-ramp? Sure. Uh, well, we have three uh, kids. They are uh, high schoolers, and uh, we have... Uh, two seniors and a 10th grader. We also have a daughter, a new daughter that just is now living with us, awesome. and we are so uh, blessed to have her. Um, one of the things that I think just starting out um, with uh, discipleship is just um, our need for Jesus, and um, it, it starts there uh, with us, and I think that um, modeling our need for Jesus as well, just being open for that uh, with our kids is is huge um, with our family. Mm. Um, we both work. Our kids go to public school. So <clears throat> our kids see a lot of darkness. Um, we see a lot of darkness. And 
with that is just our need for Jesus for, for one thing, but also our need to love others uh, just where they are. And, and so uh, we, we look at it as more of a mission, uh, just being missional, uh, mission-minded about where we are and about serving others. And our kids just do great at that. I mean, they, they're always bringing kids home and loving on them, uh, bringing kids to uh, other kids to uh, thrive the church and it's it's great just seeing them just walking in that awesome maddie you got a thought there yeah and just in that home being a haven for them to come home because you know when you're out in the world and you're in the darkness you can it can get heavy (laughs) and just coming home you know reaffirming who they are and having that safe place for them to just be is um, a good thing and we need Jesus because Jesus is the one who wills and does in us so yeah yeah. (laughs) so what is you know you guys are um, you know you your fan you you communicate worship what do you what does that look like at the house how do you do and so the your guys are a little older now what does worship and prayer look like Give us a few handles for what that might look like at the Lee household. Um, I get I get asked that quite quite often, and uh, a lot of people say, "Do y'all just have like a night of worship every every you know <laughs> Friday night, or you know, let's have uh, do y'all have a, a Saturday night soakings, you know, at the Lee household? <laughs> We're all sprawled out, you know, <laughs> and." Um, <laughs> Uh, the the answer to that is uh, no, we we don't. Um, uh, but one of the things, though, that you know, we were, we were just talking about these questions and just uh, w- with our kids, and of course, Micah piped up, man, like we have worship twenty four seven in our household, and I think even though we don't collectively often have a family time of worship. Sometimes we do, um, but there's worship going on all the time. And I, I think that just goes back to our need for Jesus and worshiping in those uh, broken places. And, um, and it starts with the individual. That's, that's really where worship starts. It doesn't start on Sunday. It doesn't start, even though Sunday's great, but it starts with the individual. And it starts with... Um, our personal worship time with, with, with the Lord. And I think that's something that we've, we kind of model and our, our kids have grown up w- with that. Um, I mean, there's really, there's not, there's not a whole lot of time in, in the day where there's some kind of worship going on at home, whether it's... Give, give us a handle, like mm-hmm. CD worship or you're over at the piano, just like glory zone or... It, Pretty much, yeah. It, it, it's kind of we we uh, now. We'll, sometimes we'll play worship. Uh, we we start off with that in the mornings. Yeah. Uh, Pandora is great. I mean, Pandora is great. Just stick on Pandora and just let that. Just you know, that's one of the things that we we start off. All sons and daughters. Pandora is great. Bethel, but um, again, our, our kids. Uh, or, or even us, there, there's somebody's got a guitar or ha- has a guitar and, and is worshiping somewhere in the room. And you can hear it all throughout the house. Great. And uh, whether it's in their own uh, bedroom, whether it's outside on the hammock, uh, out, out in our backyard, um, again, our, our, our kids uh, come home, and that's one of the, usually one of the first things that they do. Uh, I, I see it kind of as their refuge, a place of refuge. Great. And um, and it's one of the usually uh, one of the first things that they do. They all play the guitar. They'll set set the piano, and they'll just start worshiping. Yeah. It's kind of an outlet, you know. Again, this is just even even in their worst days, they'll come home, pick up a guitar, and just start worshiping. So, where do you guys? Just I'm going to do two quick questions, kind of wrap things up here. Um, but but where do you guys? Is there where do you do your your big talks? Where, where do those you know, the God talks and the heavy stuff of life talks, you know, like, wow, this happened at school. Where does that happen for you guys? 
Um, I'll say as a family, when we're seeing kind of a, maybe a negative pattern coming on or something's out of balance, you know, as a whole, we definitely come together in the living room and sometimes it's all on the couch together or whatever and we talk about it as a family because one thing that we believed in, in um, young mom and dads, the Holy Spirit that's in um, you is the same Holy Spirit that's in your kiddos, you know. And I've seen Micah encourage his sisters in a way and relate that, you know, Jonathan and I don't necessarily see and connect that way. And I've seen Livy encourage and Jess and now Vanessa. Just, um, you know, it's we need that as a family. And each of us have different giftings. And each of us have different... Um, things to offer each other and so it's not just um, yes we're the leaders in the home as parents and we direct and we lead and shepherd our kiddos but um, but boy we need all of us <laughs> and so but boy we take advantage of that time in the car on the way home from school we take advantage yeah. of going in Micah's room whenever he's worshiping and sometimes all six of us will wind up being in Micah's room worshiping with him and then talking there so, you know, just those rhythms of grace that the Lord allows, you know, meeting our kids individually where they are, and it's not always come to us, you know. It's like you've got to go to them and find out what's going on with them, talking with what's on their hearts, and so a lot of that's individually, too. And I would just like to add, too, just speaking truth uh, to one another, um, not just us to them, but them to us. There are times where I'll come home on a bad day and man I'm just the awfulest teacher that's what I do and had a bad day and my kids no dad you're a good teacher you know or they'll they'll just or they'll stop and pray for you or something like that so just speaking truth okay one last for these guys because it you know y'all y'all's kids are happy and I I I love that and um like we ran into y'all at Chili's actually in you, you came in waves, yes. and uh, so the first wave, Maddie had a wave, and uh, Je- Jessica just just beaming to see us, you know, and gave Kim a big hug and just, you know, and all that. And so, um, can you just give us like, what, what what is that about? How is there any? Can we? Can you give us a nugget on that? How to do that? Um. Well, like Jamie was saying, his relationship with the Cyberts and just walking out, one of the first things when we came to CF that we loved and we wanted so much was seeing you guys, you and Kim with Emily and Matthew, and just how you instilled in them a love for the body of Christ. And it's like that we held on to. It's like that's what we want. We want our kids to love church. We want our kids to love the body of Christ. We hadn't seen that previously, you know, as much. You know, we had seen a lot of, um, anyway. And so it was like, yes, I won't go there. (laughs) So um, anyway, but um, so thank you for that. I'm sorry, I'm getting off. Love it. But um, and also just. Um, I think gratitude and thankfulness brings mm-hmm. a lot of contentment and a lot wow. of joy. Yeah. And just um, reminding them That's when great. we're getting in kind of a funk, you know, count your blessings, you know, what is God doing? And speaking mm-hmm. that positive, bringing it out of them and speaking it over them. And Love it. So thankfulness great. is a huge thing. Awesome. Y'all give it up for Jonathan Maddie. Yeah. Woo! Great, 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 great. Okay, and last but not least, and you're going to appreciate this one, we are representing the generations today. Y'all give it up for Gene and Trish Williams. Amen. Thanks for doing this, y'all. From a galaxy even further away, further and further away. So, um, okay, so here we go. This is, we got the, the voice of maturity here and wisdom. Once the kids leave home, do the pressures of parenting and discipleship lift? (laughs) What happens when they leave? 
I give that to Trish because I give her her total credit. <clears throat> excuse me, total credit for uh, the work that she did with our kids. Uh, as I, fortunately, she was able to stay home with the kids, and uh, while I was out running Lockheed, or was it Lockheed running me? I, I forget which <laughs> it was. But anyway, I would say so. It it did in our case anyway, but the reason why is because our children had grown up in the Lord and they walked with God. Mm -hmm. And so when they got married, they married a young man that we had been praying for for 20 years before we ever knew him. And we knew that we knew that we knew this was the man that God had called for them. And they were godly young men. And uh, so we had uh, total peace that they were with who they should be. And um, so, yes, we... Felt a lift. We felt a lift. Yeah, awesome. Of course, we still prayed for them and um, wanted to be a blessing to them. But it, you know, and your heart's always walking, you know, outside of your body. But yes, it was yeah. it was different. Say something about the 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 input that you give mm -hmm. after they're out. What does that What does that look like? How does that compare to when they're there versus now they're out on their own? Well. <clears throat> You have to back off. <laughs> if they ask us our opinion on something, then we gladly give it. But the bottom line is we want them to hear from the Lord. We don't want them doing what we think they should do. We want them doing God's will. And God will speak to them. And he does. They, uh, they, they hear from the Lord uh, better than we do. And so we have total peace that, you know, they're... they're they're fine. They don't really need our input. Our input these days is just maybe encouragement. Um, like I said, if they ask our advice, we, we give it, but they don't need it. They're good. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You know, that is, uh, you know, part of, part of that particular answer is a lot of investment that went into things, right. you know, along the way to make it work. Okay, so... Um, one kind of final question here for you guys would be, what kind of opportunities do you have for input? Because y'all have grand, grandkids now. What, what kind of input do you have with, those, with the next generation, that generation beyond your kids? We have plenty of opportunities. There, there, yeah, this type of empty nest uh, has never really worked for us. There is nothing empty about our nest. And... Uh, we have times of, of peace, but we've grown to appreciate those. And uh, there's nothing empty about our lives, and uh, and we're thankful for that. It's it's we don't consider parenting a, a pressure. It's it was all joy. Um, but you know, if if you, I feel like if I keep my excitement for the Lord, for things of the Lord, it's going to rub off on our children naturally. I don't have to plan anything. Uh, and here again, it's just always age appropriate. It's, you know, being in nature and seeing, you know, things that you appreciate that God created that you can share with them. It's all by God's grace and it's all a joy. And now that Gavin, our oldest, he's 13, it's fun. They were just there this weekend, left yesterday. And it's fun you know, that I, now I can share things with him. Uh, he's a smart kid that I would share with any adult. I was excited that. Did y'all know this is the year of Jubilee? 2015 is the year of Jubilee. It's not only the year of Jubilee, it's the 70th Jubilee. I was excited about this. I'm sharing it with Gavin. So we got into a conversation. What other times do you see the number 70 in the Bible? And so I feel like all that just to say that, um, you know, you squeeze me, hopefully I'm going to, squeeze at Jesus in the Word, and that that will rub off on, on my kids, awesome. and, and that they'll, awesome. you know, hopefully the joy of the Lord. Isn't that the bottom line, the joy of the Lord? Yeah. If they see that in us, then they'll want that. Yeah. Final thought there, Gene? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, you know, one, one thing about having grown kids and, uh, you know, the kids leaving and, and so forth, uh, sometimes there is a, uh, a yo-yo effect there. You know, you, the yo-yos, they're, they're gone, but they're back. You know, it comes back to you, okay? Uh, and we had that, and it turned out to be uh, 
a, a great blessing to us. Uh, you know, you, <clears throat> well, uh, our oldest daughter got married, uh, moved into, into apartment on a short, short lease, and uh, because they were planning to go to Scotland to minister in a church in Scotland, and so that the short lease came up, and the thing in Scotland moved out a little bit, and so they asked if they could come live with us, and so. Yeah, short month, you know, only a couple of months. Well, <clears throat> nine years later, and, and three, three kids, three grandkids later, um, they moved to, got to West Texas someplace, Dublin, the Dublin area. Uh, the, the, and, and we enjoyed, we enjoyed having, having them living there. We really did. It was crowded. It wasn't without difficulty. It wasn't without problems. But... Um, the uh, the main thing that that happens now is when those kids <clears throat> excuse me when those kids come back home they it, they're it, they're coming home wow uh, you know they're not going to grandpa's and grandma's they're coming home mm. and so <clears throat> excuse me I can't talk today but anyway I just thought I'd throw that in we Boy. have incidentally we have two two daughters Trisha and I have two daughters five grandkids you know Morgan and B J back there most of you know Brandy and Dan. So uh, anyway, it, the, having them uh, come live with us was really a blessing. Y'all are precious. We love you. Give it up for Gene and Trish. Amen. Okay, so we're, we're wrapping this up right here. Just, you, it's, it's toolbox stuff, guys. It's, you, you just, what are you doing? What's working? And it's just, I mean, we're doing it visibly and up front a little bit here, but this is how you... This is how you live life. It's like, hey, what's working in quiet time? Hey, what's working in your family devotions and discipleship? And you just get ideas and you talk. And, and it's not you have to do it like, you know, Micah and, and Rachel. Or you don't have to do it like Jamie and Kim. But you get ideas for what works in your context. And what happens in that, as you, as you hear these things, you start getting a vision for what could happen for, you know, for Daniel and Ashley and, and your family. And, you know, what could happen as you raise your children. And you get that vision... And once you have a vision, then the key is to start making steps. We'll call that provision, providing for the vision. You start taking steps toward that becoming a reality. And you stumble along the way. Nobody does, again, nobody does it perfect. There's grace, but it's a good thing to be moving on this path, you know, and, and on this way, on this road of learning to say, helping kids to say yes to Jesus and no to things that take us away from Him. And He's going to be our treasure in all of life. He is the treasure that we're going for. So if you guys would stand up. Worship team, come up. Hey, we're doing great on time. We're going to take five minutes here, just a little bit of time, and respond to the Lord. Because really, whether you're families or got roommates, you know, just the idea here is that we want to take this following Jesus, establishing this priority of loving Him, saying yes to Him, no to things that aren't Him, then we want to take that to the next level of life, our families, our kids, that kind of thing. So, worship, uh, ministry.